0: I I hope you're
1: recording this Because whoever has our zoom lens Our Canon ultrasonic zoom Give it back Give it back now Yeah I'm not playing around Or I'll tell I'll tell when I figure out who has it Because you probably don't have it anymore Um, Yeah but you you better be prepared for a world of hurt I'm gonna bring the pain I'm gonna You know what I'm gonna dare say I'm gonna rain the pain
0: Yeah That's actually a great slogan For um, a glass repair company I'm gonna bring the pain (laughs) i hate you (laughs) welcome
1: to the no budget filmmaking podcast presented by cinema summit a podcast about the art of making films no matter how small the budget and now here are your hosts alex dark and trevor l nelson all right hey everyone thanks for joining us this is episode 22 of the no budget filmmaking podcast and i am trevor l nelson and I'm Alex Stark,
0: and today we're going to be talking about getting work as a filmmaker. But Ooh. first, uh, should we even?
1: Wait, do we even need to say what we're drinking? You guys no, should we're know drinking the same crap. We just wait to be to break some news. We just cracked into the second to the last case. Oh my god! Oh man, we soon may have something else for these people to listen to us drink and bourbon to the mic with.
0: Excellent! I'm yeah. excited for that. So is everyone.
1: Yeah, so we're so, drinking now Kona. Now that we've yeah. covered that. Yeah, that was uh, that was exciting because it's the same thing we've been drinking for... All day, Or er, day. I mean, how long have you guys been married? Three months. Oh, yeah, three months of nope, drinking Kona. that's oh. wrong, two months. Oh, wow, you're screwed. My math is bad. Ooh, you're going to be bad when it comes to anniversary time. Yeah. Happy <laughs> birthday! <laughs> what is there? What is <laughs> it's actually me smacking you, trying to remind you. Um... Uh, Ha- what is that? What is that? Happy birthday, uh, Valentine's Day.
0: Yeah, you're pretty.
1: <laughs> you're pretty. Happy whatever day we're supposed to be celebrating today. <laughs> Yay! Um, so what's new? So, uh, not to give away too much information, but me and the misses were laying in bed last night, and wow. let me tell <laughs> you, before we fell asleep, <laughs> facing away each other, away from each other in bed. Yeah. Um, I played a quick joke and I yelled to my Google Home that's in the bedroom, Google Home, why am I such a disappointment in life? And they said, well, <laughs> yep. it, it actually couldn't compute and it exploded because it just has so many answers for that. Yeah, No, but it, I just said, you know, you, we had mentioned last week that we're on TuneIn and you don't need to, I guess you could say you don't need to specify where you want to listen to the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast now that we're on TuneIn. So I just said, hey, Google, play the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast. Didn't say where to play it from didn't say where to find it started playing it and for some reason my wife wanted to listen to my annoying voice even more i think so she actually fell
0: asleep to your own voice
1: no i at, at about 10 15 minutes in i was like i can't handle this anymore i need to go i, I, can't, I can't
0: yeah that's a long time
1: and yeah that was longer than most people every once in, to in a while
0: I'll, I'll throw it on in my car just to make sure like just to kind of quickly spot check to make sure it's actually sounding good
1: and it's not it's uh <laughs>
0: it sounds good in the car I bet it doesn't sound good in headphones,
1: yeah, uh, I mean, it sounds great when we're listening to ourselves in headphones that's true, hey, I'll take it um so yeah, so we are we are rocking on Google Home at least I don't have an Alexa, Alex does, so Alex, give it a try this yeah. weekend and tell me if it works. just you know yell it out, I will one day, one day um yeah, so uh yeah, that's new um that also is new. we are uh in the process of developing a TV show we're gonna to right. some new some networks and some other places. Some um, streaming platforms. Yeah, not to name that any. That shall not be named. But it rhymes with Netflix. Yep. <laughs> Good luck guessing what that one is. <laughs> um, yeah. And or Glulu. <laughs> that made the one syllable, one, two syllable <laughs> word much longer and worse. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to be streaming on Glulu. <laughs> Good it's luck a, guessing what that a, one is.
0: It's a streaming platform that only shows horse documentaries.
1: It's called glue. Oh, geez. That is bad. (laughs) That is so bad. Oh my God! Yeah. Uh, so right, yeah, we're, we're, okay. working on, we're working on that. um You know, that's in the initial stages. We're sending out some feelers to some agents and all that. You already got some talent unlocked. Already got some talent unlocked. Uh, you know, I realize that half the things that we say are new, we can't tell them about. <laughs> I know. It's like, hey, we're working on this big project, can't tell you about it. Hey, we're working on this TV show, can't tell you about it. Hey, guess what? And we're the working thing on is, film, we can't probably tell you about
0: it. we probably could. It's just we're erring on the side of safety. We don't want to like. You know, do any disservice to anyone.
1: Yeah, we don't want to put anybody on the locked, spot. Yeah, and we don't want to lock anybody in that isn't locked in or, you know, say that this is where we're going to go with it and then get denied by 20 different places and feel sure. bad about ourselves. Um, I think Glulu will take it. Yeah, Glulu will probably take it. They need some up and coming shows to, con- <laughs> to uh, you know, counter Hulu. Um, so yeah, it's pretty tough. <laughs> man, the battle of Glulu versus Hulu begins <laughs> with our show. Um... <laughs> yay you yay. guys are you guys are in for a treat today um and then finally what else alex what else is new we, I well, mean, we, we just got did our last podcast on tuesday so not too much
0: not too much but. i know we were behind so we just did a po- another podcast so we don't have a lot of what's new but we do have a new review on itunes which is very exciting yeah. from Guerrilla film school it says every filmmaker should give them a listen great yeah. stuff they're a ton of fun to listen to. Making films and talking about films is fun, and they do a good job of keeping of keeping things entertaining while teaching you a lot about the industry. Yay. Hey, thanks. That's awesome.
1: Thanks, Thank you Guerrilla so much, Film School. Um, That's great. I have a little beef with iTunes. Um, you know, I don't know why. Um, I don't have much else going for my life, so I needed to find the small victories. And for some reason, we had eleven reviews, five stars. Then this review popped up very eloquently.
0: Yeah. And it's a five-star review. It's a five-star
1: review. But yeah, we have 4.5 stars now on our reviews. Yeah. Explain that to me. It's probably...
0: Um, no. Nope. It's probably... You know how Wrong. iTunes is, is um, dropping people's movies that they paid
1: for? <laughs> They're dropping reviews. They're just dropping people's ratings. Yeah. They're like, this isn't associated with us. It's bad.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, I'm going to take that. That makes me feel better. That, it's, makes, a, it's that iTunes, makes pretty
0: good sense. It's an
1: iTunes thing. iTunes thing thinking we're just, so awesome. Apple. Yeah, it's Apple's just Apple thinking problem. we're so awesome. That they're just dropping us down, so we're not so high on the on the results.
0: Yeah, that's probably what it's it, 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 like. It's just
1: not fair for everyone else. Boom, man! These f- false senses of grandeur yeah, really get like me that. going through the day. I don't know. It really helps me. Um. So okay, that'll do it. Yep. I'm um, Next. Next. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, if only so- we had a
0: buzzer. That we could buzz ourselves, God, or like is, some type of gong.
1: That'd be so annoying. Did
0: you ever watch the Gong Show?
1: Um, no, because I w- wasn't alive in the fifties. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the seventies. How old are you? Um, I'm actually uh thirteen.
1: Oh wow, you yeah. look great I for a hundred and
0: thirteen. <laughs> I, I just read a lot.
1: Oh, actually, no. Didn't they come out with a uh, reboot of that with Mike Myers as like a Canadian? Uh, did they? Yeah, I'm pretty sure.
0: Hold on, I'm looking it That's up right probably now. Probably not a good idea.
1: Uh, it, it already like, happened. Really? Um, yeah, it's uh, last summer after taking hiatus from acting, he came on as a host, an English MC called Tony, Tony uh, Tommy Maitland, and he did a Gong Show. Interesting. For a couple episodes. So yeah, I didn't. Hmm. I did see that one. Um, I uh, mean, we're basically doing the Gong
0: Show with like America, America's Got Talent and stuff that is the yeah. gong show, That's basically. true, that's true. It's like higher production value. I would just
1: like to think there's not a gong show out there for podcasts because we would be gonged so quickly.
0: Yeah, it'd be bad. So
1: bad. Um, and that's why we don't need a buzzer because what would happen is we'd come into a buzzer war. We, yeah, exactly. Bzz. <laughs> Bzz. Either one of us is talking and annoying Bzz. the other Yep, exactly, there you go. See, we annoy each other so frequently <laughs> that it would just be a constant stream of buzzing.
0: We actually have this battle... Um, when we're shooting Larry King's TV shows, because our headset has a little beep that I can hit Trevor with when yeah. he's directing. Yeah. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm out in the studio. He's in the control room and I can just hit him with this thing.
1: Boy, guys, you can't hit me You want to know though. how fast something can get annoying? Sit on a headset with Alex when he has a beep on the <laughs> end of it. It can be annoying real fast and kind of hate him, but, uh, it's pretty spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sure it's just spectacular. Um, all right, so on to the topic at hand. And yes. that is getting uh work as a filmmaker. Um there's many different avenues, there's many different status I mean, you know, it, it, you know it's different
0: it's, ways to get in. There's like a lot of different options. Yeah,
1: and and it's depends on what you want to define as a filmmaker. You know, some people will say a filmmaker is a director or um yeah. You know, someone who's working on feature films. But that's not, that's not always the case. I mean, if you're making if you're in the process of of doing something creative in the Video slash film world, I would say you're a filmmaker. I would too. I
0: mean, I think it's they used to be kind of separate ish, I would mm-hmm. say, because the medium was so different. You had like big tapes and broadcast style yep. cameras. Yep. And that was like versus TV. like huge film cameras and like mm-hmm. all the gear involved with that and like the whole production. So they were like somewhat different skills yeah. that have now kind of merged into one skill.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, and so it's the definition of what a filmmaker is kind of varies from person to person. Um, and we're just basically saying how you can make a career. We had seen we had put up um, some questions on Reddit to kind of gauge from our audience since no one seems to be sending us any questions, even though we ask you to. Um, Um, what they you know, what they would want answered. And I remember somebody said, like, hey, can you make a career out of, a, you know, can you make a have a filmmaking career without it being your full-time job? And so that kind of got this idea of, like, what do we consider a filmmaking career? Um, yeah. And well, how can you get a filmmaking career? And that's what brought us to this. Sure. Um, and so, you know, there's a couple stages, and it kind of starts when when you're early in the industry to when you've been, you know, in it for a while to when you're a seasoned vet.
0: Yeah. And I think the first... The first part is somewhat controversial. Ooh. There's very few things that get me heated on the interweb or that Ooh. I will I will step into to defend my honor and everyone Ooh. else's honor. Do you have honor. honor?
1: No. Okay, I didn't think so. I just wanted to understand where no. we were. No. Okay, cool.
0: Um, but in this case, I try to defend whatever pretend honor I have.
1: Yeah. Um, Don't we all? Don't we all?
0: And this is the, the debate because people have very polarizing views on this i I find out uh whether teasing it what how will you say whether or not um you should do free work and or ask for free work in your projects
1: that is a debate that is a big debate that will probably never be answered even in this podcast
0: oh it won't be answered i can give my opinion about it all day okay what is
1: your opinion alex start with your opinion because then we'll just talk about the whole process of it and why you know some people think it's good why some people think it's bad but just start it off with your opinion i personally think
0: it's it's very good i think there's no downside to doing free work when you're starting out because um like most uh you know art forms or skills you you actually have very few skills so you need to get somewhere and like get a mentor see people actually doing it um get hands-on experience and a lot of times um you know that's much harder, it's, it's a lot harder to convince people to pay you to do something you don't know how to do than it is to convince them to let you do it for free for the experience. So it's just, it's like better for the, it's better for both parties in my mind, because you can, it's like a faster way to get in the door and just get on set and get that experience. And for the filmmaker, or producer, or whoever, it's a way to get like an extra hand. And of course, it's not going to be a skilled hand. And sometimes, you know, it might actually slow down the film or or uh, or cause some problems because people don't know what they're doing. But I still think it's a good exchange.
1: And see, this is one of the very few places where me and Alex disagree. Ha <laughs> Just kidding. No, we usually <laughs> agree on most things. And I agree with you. I think, um, you know, you're when you're fresh in the industry, either right out of college or just coming, you know right out of high school and you just want to, you know, you say, hey, s- skip college. I want to just go right into the industry. You're not going to get these crazy opportunities that you think. Right. And the best way to kind of build, you know, build your portfolio is to work on projects on the weekend. Um sure. Because, you know, you still have to pay your bills and all that. Um, you know, you can work as a PA if you want to, but if you want, if you're, and now nowadays, like back in the day it was like, you know, Get a job as a PA and then work, you know, find the field you want to get into and then work your way up for, to a camera assistant or like a loader, camera assistant, yeah. stuff like that.
0: There was like a, a, an actual path. To yeah, that. there was an there actual path. Is.
1: There still is. But nowadays, if you want, say you want to be a cinematographer, you go be a PA or, you know, you work another job. And then on the weekends, if you're doing it for free, you can probably get a higher position than you could if you're looking for pay. So you may not have to be a PA on a on a student film. You could be, uh, you know, a, a camera coordinator. a coordinator or a camera assistant right off the bat, as long as you know what camera you're dealing with. Um, yeah. and so you can kind of build up your repertoire a lot quicker if you do if you're willing to work for free. Um, you know, you can go out there and especially if you're in major cities that have film schools. Even today, you'll see on Craigslist or Mandy or other places or Facebook. Or Twitter, mm-hmm. that P, that students are looking for talent that will work for free because they're students, and sure. that's a great opportunity. I know actors that you know have gotten paid for roles that still work on student films just so that they can hone their craft, and they don't get paid, and that's fine. Uh, but they still are like, you know what? I want to I want to keep working, keep my creative juices flowing. God, I keep saying that. I said it so many times last week. Yeah, you're, you're all about the juices. Uh, <laughs> Oh my gosh! Nice roasted turkey sandwich. Okay, never mind. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel that exactly like you do. It's it's a way to build up your repertoire when you're not going to get the opportunities if you're waiting to get paid to do them.
0: Yeah, and I definitely think there's something about, um, you know, if you if you know exactly what path you want to be on, and you are just just wanting to do that like yeah. if you if you know you want to be a cinematographer in mm-hmm. feature films or something or in commercials or whatever yep there's definitely nothing wrong with and I would probably suggest going this route of like um be a PA get your, get yourself a job as a PA yep. camera PA
1: mhm
0: you know then work your way up from there um and the hardest part about that though and it's it's a similar thing with like corporate jobs if you ever have worked in an office or, you know, whatever. Jumping from position to position is hard. It's, it's Yeah,
1: or jumping departments, I guess you could say, yeah, too.
0: Jumping departments is hard. So if you decide you want to change your mind and go to a different department, that's really hard. If you, yeah. if you work your way up to, like, an AC and all of a sudden you're like, I want to be a producer, <laughs> well, good luck. Good luck. I mean, I mean it, it, it happens. Making that move. Yeah. Um. Because you're going to have to start over again. Yeah. But um. also, I think, once you get to, like, AC, making the jump to DP or like, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's tough because yeah. unless you're out there doing the free stuff on the side that gets you that experience as a DP. So and, you can and, say, I wasn't AC on these things, these, you know, huge projects. I've DP'd these indie projects. Yeah. Um, and now I'm ready to DP, you know, a big project.
1: It's It's almost good advice to say... Do I don't want to say the lesser job because that's not what I mean. Like do the not even not even lower, but do the more do the jobs that you have the entry experience. Level. Yeah, entry level. There you go. Entry level jobs for pay. And then do the ones that you want to get into for free because you want to build that reel. So you're never going to be able to build a reel as a cinematographer if you are working as an AC hoping that you'll get your chance because they're not going to give it to you because you don't have the experience and you don't have the reel to show them. But if you go to, you know, a music video on the weekends and be a a DP and then put that on your reel, then you wouldn't, you know, you because every job you work, you'll meet people. Sometimes along the line, people will be like, "Oh, what do you want to do?" Like, oh, I want to be a DP. And someone's bound to say, "Oh, what have you done? Let me see." And if you don't have anything, which the only the best way to get it is to work for free, they're gonna just be like, "Oh, you don't have anything. You don't have any experience."
0: Yeah, and I I always harp on this, but I feel like people in the industry, especially decision makers, mm-hmm. aren't as aren't as creative minded as they pretend to be. You know, they're so business people usually. They're business people, but yeah. also it's like. If you, if you come to someone and say, hey, I've been under Roger Deakins for the past 15 years as an AC, I've yeah. been watching him work mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. I know what he does. I I, I will be, I'm going to be a good cinematographer. They'll be like, great, show me your stuff. Exactly. And you won't have anything. And they're, they're not going to be able to make the leap, you know, from you being like, no, I know everything. I, I can do it. To... I believe he can do it. Like that's not going to
1: happen. It's a show me industry. It is like, like no matter how you could, like you can say, it's almost like a disservice to say, I've done all this. or like I've worked on all this and not have anything to show. Cause they're like, well then are you just lying about it? Like yeah, show me, show me something, you know, it's a show me industry. Um, so they're going to say, I want to see, I want to see what you've done. And so that the best way to do that is interning, working on student films. Um, there is tons of spec work out there. I mean, if you want to be a director, then you know make a make a spec commercial for a brand you really like. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's a I forget who it was, but he wrote a he did a spec commercial for Tesla, and he just had knew somebody out of Tesla. and He did a spec commercial, looked beautiful, and he didn't get a job making commercials for Tesla because obviously they don't you know have commercials. But he got commercials work working for uh, automotive industry. Mm -hmm. And it was just from a free commercial that, you know, if you're a no-budget filmmaker, you don't need a lot of money to do the spec commercial. It's all about experience, about building that reel. And that is what you want to do. Um, And you can also, you know, work for free. There's this thing, there's a bunch of websites like this, but there's one website that we've worked with before called Tongle. And what Tongle is, is it's, brands come to this this website and they put up a, a, marketing campaign they want. Or like say yeah. say, you know they put
0: up a brief of of like of, a campaign that they want to do.
1: Exactly. And they have some, you know, requirements and, you know, length and what they want to be about, but then it's kind of up to the people who are submitting to come up with their own idea of what they want what the commercial should be. Then if you get picked, you get some money and then you get to shoot your commercial. And all this is free.
0: And then once you deliver the commercial you get more money.
1: You get more money. And so this is a great way, you know it's cutthroat, but this is a great way to kind of build up your repertoire Without you know struggling to run around and say like, hey, will you pay me to be a DP? And they're like, what have you done? Oh, nothing. Well, do it for free then, and yeah. and you'll 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 start building that portfolio and that reel that will get you the paid jobs.
0: Yep, exactly. And also on that note, there's competitions. Yeah. You do, you know, like uh, it's hard sometimes to find motivation to do free free stuff. <sighs> yeah. But competitions are a good way to give yourself an actual deadline to do something Mm -hmm. Uh, because that's like time management. And especially when you have a full-time job doing something else um, saying, okay, I'm going to do this short film and you get busy and you keep pushing it back, pushing it back. But having a competition with a real deadline where you can't submit after that anymore is a great way to say, okay, I'm actually going to sit down. I'm going to write this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to shoot it and I have to do it before this date
1: and and things like the Tongle and competitions um, those are definitely really good opportunities for people to see your work you know specs it's very rare you know they gotta get in the right hands or gotta get popular on YouTube for somebody in the industry to kind of see it and give you a job but you know competitions are well known Tongle's well known so if you do those things there's a better chance that people are gonna see your work and be like hey I like what you did as a DP there I'd like you to be a DP on my project or something like that so that's the free route. So that's the that's the. Let's hey, uh, let's talk
0: about the the negative aspects.
1: Okay, yeah, true. Um, yeah, you are. I mean, you. I would say for me personally, when we were doing, when I was doing free work, one of the negative aspects is I was working a job during the week, and then my weekends were just spent doing free work. And why I loved it, it can be a little taxing. I it mean, is.
0: It is taxing, and I think you have to be in the right mindset of mm-hmm. like I'm I'm here to learn. I'm here to get the experience because otherwise you'll dig yourself into a hole of like, why am I working on someone else's project when I could be doing my own stuff. But, um, I think knowing that if you live in a bubble and just work on your own projects and don't get out there and see how other people are doing things, yeah, it's, you know, you're not doing yourself any favors by doing that either.
1: Exactly. Like it's not gonna, it, it, you gotta, it's one of those things. This, this whole industry is you gotta want it kind of thing. And if that's the case, You just gotta push through it and realize that you know the the one or two years. I mean, you know, not to sound cliche, but there was times when me and Alex, you know, didn't go to parties or didn't do this or didn't do that because we were filming something for free. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to do this, but you know that the end result is gonna pay off in the end.
0: Yeah, and one negative thing I I don't like about certain gigs, and this is free or paid, really, um, is have when sometimes they'll have higher expectations than you have. You know what I mean? Mm. Or like you'll you'll think that your job description includes x and they'll ask you to do x, y, and z. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um and so I don't think that just because you're working for free you need to do anything they ask you to do. Yeah. Um but I do you know. And you know same with same with paid gigs really. I mean if you're getting paid you know lower than a normal rate and they ask you to do a lot of extra stuff, I don't necessarily think you need to, you know, jump to your feet to do it for them. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, so just be aware of that. I mean, I think that's most people's comments, like when they have the polarizing view of, yeah. of doing free stuff is some people take advantage of it. Um, yeah. And so I definitely think if you can pay, you should pay people, um, you not know, every project is a passion project.
1: You know what? And I'll just if you're going to if you're going to do a project, if you're putting the project together that you're going to ask people to work for free, the biggest thing you can do and and people will tell you this time and time again, just feed people. They're just so happy when you feed them. If you get everyone like, you know, get them an order at In-N-Out if you're in LA. If you're not, <laughs> you guys are out of luck. No, but you know, just get them, get them food. It it goes a long way to people being feeling appreciated. And yep. they'll be like, oh, man, this, was, this wasn't that bad because I got a free meal out of it. And
0: on the other end of the spectrum, not having food goes a long way to make you frustrated, angry, and irritable. Yep. Which makes for not a fun experience for anyone.
1: It's called hangry, folks. Hangry. It's, uh, my wife experiences it, and thus I experience it. <laughs> exactly. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, so Moving then you on. move
1: on. You, so you've, you've, done your, you've done your, as they say, you've done your time. Working yeah. on free projects, working on student films, working on spec commercials, interning paing competitions. Now you've got a nice little reel on your hands mm-hmm. so now you're into freelancing where you you feel confident and it's working out that you can charge yeah. Now you can start charging people to do it promotional videos, commercials, short films, yeah uh, you know corporate work. And so there are many avenues you can go to to get that kind of work, to get paid as a freelancer, which is, you know, what a lot of people strive for is they can make a career or make a living off of being a freelancer and just work on film all the time. They don't have to work at the office job. They don't have to work as a PA. They can, they can do what they want, get the experience, and be super happy.
0: Yeah. I think I think that is an ideal... Or a uh, an idealistic outlook on it.
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, yes. I'm just trying Um, to make. I'm just trying not to, you know, make people feel sad in this podcast. Sure. Sure.
0: Um, Yeah, freelancing. I I did freelancing for a long time, and uh, I mean, I still do. We we both still freelance every once in a while, Um, and it's great because it, it is that sort of like cool lifestyle. Like, oh, I'm a bit. I'm up at 12 walking around because I can. I'm not working today. <laughs> because going, I can? <laughs> I'm going to a, I'm going to a coffee shop to um, send out my resume to different places. You know what and I mean? Like, you,
1: can, you know how you can also be up at noon every day and just be unemployed?
0: <laughs> well, being a freelancer is being un- unemployed most the of the time. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, so, yes, yeah, So, uh, that's like the – that is the – the city of gold, as some people may say, when it comes to film work, is is being able to support yourself on uh, freelancing. And one great thing about freelancing is you are, and this is why I me and Alex still do it. Is you know sometimes we need a little extra cash. It's always cool. Um, and also, you just you meet and you meet and work with new people, and you never know what could come of that. We, you know, we had done um, we had worked with a guy at Larry. Um, who then went on to DP a bunch of movies. And Alex yeah. had talked to him about the fact that we really like doing miniatures and forced perspective. And, you know, me and Alex are, are the kind of guys that will never say no and we'll figure it out. And so yeah, we didn't
0: even talk to him about no. it. We were posting on Instagram because oh, that's we got right. yeah. we made miniatures with New Deal Studios.
1: Yeah, we made miniatures with New Deal Studios and um the Johnston School then the jaunt and it was uh it was like a kaiju battle it yeah. was like kind of like a guy, Godzilla battle but in VR in the early stages of VR mm-hmm. and he saw that and we did that for free that was volunteer work yep. but it was awesome it because was we really wanted fun. to learn that we we worked with the guy who blew up Jaws
0: yeah it was how cool is so, that he cool did all the that? Apocalypse Now explosions yeah and if you
1: don't know who Stan Winston the Stan Winston School is they are named after the guy whose studio freaking made. All the dinosaurs from Jurassic Park, to name a few of the things they've done. Yeah. The Terminator. Terminator. I mean, like you could go on and on. And so it was like something we did for. Here you go. It's something Alien. we did for free that then led to us getting paid. I did. So we did these miniatures, and then we got hired to do miniatures on a movie on a feature.
0: Yeah, and, and mind you, we didn't go into this uh, journey of making miniatures with any ideas that we were going to do it. No, uh, to get paid. I mean, that was not our plan. No. At all. We just wanted to do it. It was fun.
1: We're kind of the guys that would love to do everything, every aspect of filmmaking. We just love it. It's just all
0: the cool stuff. It's just so cool. It's just so cool. And really, for me at least, that that type of stuff is the stuff that got me really interested in movies in general was all the miniatures and all the cool practical effects and stuff. So that was really cool. Um, But yeah, I mean, I do think um, freelancing in general um, can be... A great gig. Mm -hmm. It can also be a rough gig because the idea with freelancing is you spend all this time working to get a job. You send send out uh, resumes. You're real. You send all these emails. Facebook messages. You go to like events. You're like networking and doing all this stuff. You get a gig that lasts a couple days and then you got to do it all over again for the next one. It's pretty grueling. It can be kind of I would iffy s- yeah. touch and
1: go. I would say you're probably spending most of your time trying to find the next job. Definitely, and it's, it's frustrating. as all hell because with the technology coming out, a lot of there's a lot more people in the workplace trying to get you know.
0: Oh man, it's the competition saturated is a lot out worse, here yeah. in L.A. I don't know about everywhere else, but it's pretty saturated. Yeah, and um, what I found out was you could you had a leg up if you had equipment, at least early on. Mm-hmm. Um, but now. Now so most much. people have equipment.
1: Yeah. Most people have like a red or something,
0: <laughs> <and> <laughs> I know, a, and a crazy.
1: truck. Um, but back to what we, we, man, we jumped on a tangent I there. Know, so we jumped all over the place. So when you are freelancing, there are avenues you go go down to find those jobs that make it a little bit easier. But you are still, you know, having to kind of sell yourself on a constant basis. There is websites like Mandy, um, uh, Staff Me Up, um, Entertainment Careers, and LinkedIn will still do it, and they'll they'll post freelance gigs and all that, and and Craigslist. Yeah. And the thing about
0: um, some of those companies, like Entertainment Careers and Staff Me Up and even Mandy, um, they have a lot of postings, what I've noticed, for production companies, you know, where it's like a staff job mm-hmm. uh, or an office job. Yeah. So even even though there's several job boards for the entertainment industry, a lot of them are like executive assistant jobs or like financial, um, you know, executives and all these different things. Um, so finding gigs in whatever avenue that you're trying to pursue still can be tough. Like it, I remember when I was trying to freelance and get gigs for a cinematographer, it was like, I mean, a diamond in the rough to find <laughs> yeah, a cinematography gig where I'd get, where it offered more than 500 bucks. Yep. You know?
1: Yeah. And th- and, and the rates are getting lower and lower. Because they know that there's people out there who can get the job done that they just they, they, they'll take the money that need the money, yeah,
0: which sucks and then Craigslist can be kind of sketchy. Oh, I don't man. know if you if you guys out there have used Craigslist to find jobs uh you never know i mean it's it can be
1: it was once promising, yeah. now it kind of gets sketchy
0: there's some sketchiness, you don't know if like it's a if it's flaky, you know the people are flaky or you know what's gonna happen it's it's a little crazy yeah. But the thing nowadays, I would say, is like Facebook groups. Yeah. There's Facebook groups specifically for production jobs in certain cities. So they have one, I think it's just called Production Jobs in LA or something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And people post on there. I mean, it's brutal. You'll see all these people jump on it like piranhas when people are like, oh, uh, sound recorder, $600 a day. And then they'll be like... 80 comments with no. people like me here's my resume here's my link and or then, or worse
1: they they tag all their friends oh yeah like exactly. 16 people that i'm gonna tag it's like oh you sons of bitches
0: exactly oh so this it's fine.
1: um yeah yeah it's pretty <laughs>
0: rough out there but what what i've noticed is so we did freelancing for a while but eventually got to the point where we were getting all our freelance gigs just from word of mouth and this is when it gets
1: sweet that's when it, yeah. That's, that's when it's, you're like, you got, things you got, are clicking. When
0: you build to this point, when it's like, the next gig comes naturally. You don't even have to like worry about it yeah. because you got people knocking on your door. Like, that's the good place to be.
1: Yeah, and and that just comes with, you know, it's kind of funny. Because at like the end of every section, it's all about like experience and doing it for a while. So yeah. at the end of doing free stuff, then you can move to freelancing. At the end of freelancing you're you've been freelancing so much that people are recommending you rather than you having to go out there and find the job there you know they're um you you're on a shoot and then that person like the sound guy in that shoot goes to another shoot and they're like ah we need a dp oh i got an idea this guy i worked on the last my last shoot with is an awesome dp or this guy's a great director um you and that's one thing is like this is why i don't understand when okay i I get the big director I not that I get it. I understand No, I don't even understand. But big name directors can get away with being assholes on set. Sure. But this is why you just be nice to people on set because you never know who could be getting you your next job. Yeah. Um and you know, when people are like yelling at people and, and you know, getting all crazy about a project and you know, it's oh well it's you know, it's my project, I love it so much, it's like I get it, but nobody wants to work with you anymore. And so now you're not gonna be able to um Get another job. So just be nicer to people on set because these people have the key to your money. That's true.
0: And what's interesting about it, like you said, there's a progression because after freelancing, what we've discovered is it's inevitable that yeah. the people that you work with are going to move on, some of them, to even like companies that yep. will garner you steady work, which is the next phase, if you want it to be. If you want it to be. Um and for us, for me, it worked out with um, with Larry King's show. And then, um, you know, there's another company, Pocket Watch, that I have worked with in the past.
1: And These are just people we've worked with in the past. I, I mean, I got Larry because of people I worked with in the past. Yeah. Um, Pocket Watch I've worked with because of people I know in the past. Um, I've gotten people hitting me up and asking to put together pitch packets for movies because of people who, who I've worked with yep. in the past. I mean... It, once you're into freelancing, get your Rolodex going because yep. it, it also goes the other way too. As you're working in freelance, you're going to know people that you really respect, you really like what they do, and you're going to recommend those people for jobs and then it's going to be vice versa.
0: Yeah, exactly right. So what's interesting or what I learned with um, the Larry King gig especially because that was more steady. I was working on it a lot and every time I was out, I needed to find someone to replace me, right? Yeah. And what I found out is by doing that, by like having other people come in and replace me and making a connection for someone who is technically like a competitor. Yeah. Because basically, they're, they're yeah. doing the same job as me.
1: They're out there competing for the same jobs you are.
0: Um, but what I found is a lot of times those are the people that recommend you because it's the same situation where if they get offered a job and they can't do it, they say, oh, I still want to be, I still want to make out like the good guy here and mm-hmm. recommend someone to these people. Um, so that they'll come to me again in the future or whatever. Um, so I'm going to recommend them this guy that I know or this girl that I know who I've worked with or who uh, you know I know their work or whatever, and send them on this gig and you know it all works out. Well,
1: yeah, and because at the same time it's you know survival of the fittest, and they're going to want you to recommend them for jobs, so they're not going to overlook you, especially if they like what you've done, because they are hoping that you recommend them later. Yep. And so that moves us into, like, a steady gig. So you've done your freelancing, and you're like, you know what? I want to do filmmaking, but I want to make sure I have a a, uh, consistent paycheck, I guess you could say. Yes. Um, How does one do that? um, There's a lot of avenues to go down. Now, it's a lot easier in post. Post, I think, is because there's so much content these days that if you're a good editor... Or your good sound mix, or something like that. You you could have constant work at like, a uh, I mean, you can go TV station. You could go working for like Hulu or Netflix or you know a production company that does commercials. Because while there may be like one direct, like you know, a director may get one gig, that company may have six gigs going on at the same time, and you're the editor, so you just have six gigs lined. You have six projects one after the other, and so they just keep you around permanently. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's a lot easier for posts because there is just so much content out there that needs to be edited. Like I, like, I could go to many post houses right now and get a job as a full-time editor if I wanted to.
0: Well, I think that's the key right there. You're talking about going to, like, a company yeah. that does that thing. Yeah. And I think there are those companies for anything because... Yep, that's true. Um, Sure. Like, we know a lot of people that... Have gone on to become trailer editors or um, edit, what are they called? Like bumpers and like promos and teasers for like TV stations Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Yep. Um, Or editing TV shows and things like that. Yeah. But also on the other end, there's companies that need tons of video content. Yeah. Like tons. And especially now with this whole web thing and like doing YouTube shows or doing like, uh, blogs that want to do video content. I mean, there's a company out here that just posts constantly called pop sugar. Oh man. It's just like nonstop pop sugar, always hiring. That's true. And they're always, there's companies like that, like Buzzfeed, just churning out video content for YouTube and for other social platforms and stuff. And like, you can get a job at places like that full time making you know hundreds of projects for them
1: now uh, my question is for you is how how common do you think it is now where you have to be like a predator for like people who don't know predator is like a producer editor so they come up with the idea somebody shoots it and then they edit it and come up with the story because it's their story basically um you know i don't know how, how many how much do you think there is like full time work for like a director at these companies i it's so i think
0: predator i don't think predator is a thing so much anymore, it's okay. shifted to what is called a shooter.
1: Interesting,
0: which combines director, yeah, um, DP, everything. and producer,
1: yeah, everything,
0: and even sound. A lot of times, <laughs> um, Son of a
1: bitch, what have we warned about sound so many times? I know,
0: so that I think it's pretty common, especially in companies like that, to find jobs as a shooter. Um, where they're, they're looking for someone to come in and just shoot, like, tons of stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, look for the content companies. Those are the ones that just need to churn out stuff at a fast pace, and they're just looking for someone who can always produce. Now, the downside of that is that it's not always the best creatively. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Creatively. <laughs> uh, creatively. Yes. Number three. There we go. Creativity. Creativity. Oh. Cre- create. create blah, blah, blah. No. Creatively, it's not, maybe not the best, Best in terms of like you may have to think on your toes and figure out how to do stuff on a sh- small budget but you don't have the time to pull off your best shot cuz it's they're they're just con- they're they're content like machines machines yeah and it's, you're just constantly shooting and moving on to the next thing and moving on to the next thing now and a lot
0: of times unfortunately it's about qual it's
1: about quantity and not quality yeah and so there are positives and negatives of getting involved in companies like that um you know there's also because social media is such a, a big, um, I would say you know I, I'm going to say like social media is more of an advertising medium now than it is really anything else. Oh, for sure. Um, so because social media is so big, a lot of big companies hire filmmakers to be corporate directors. I mean, we know somebody who was a director for uh, IBM and just was directing their videos that they put out. Maybe it's promotional video, maybe it's internal videos, but video content is so big these days that um, there's big companies out there that will hire somebody full-time to do their video work.
0: Even one of your early jobs was kind of that.
1: Yeah, I worked at USC uh, for uh, one of the schools there, and I was just their shooter, director, editor, kind of overall do-anything-with-video guy. Yeah, back um, and,
0: then, they probably called it multimedia because nothing, yeah, nothing
1: there was, makes sense, and it's all yeah, horrible. Who knew? Um, but yeah, yeah. Who knew what was going on back I then. I mean, that's how I. I, was I like, what
0: the eighties? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, as a thirteen-year-old, I, I realized that everything is the eighties to you. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah. So that I, I and I that I can't complain about that job. I had freedom to shoot stuff. I had access to equipment. It was great. Um, and that's the kind of stuff you can find. You can find. Where you are working for a company doing only film stuff. Now, again, I warn: the creativity may. See, I nailed it the first time. Nice. The creativity may wane a little bit because you just have to pump things out, or if it's corporate work, it's more about information rather than style. Yeah. But you, there is there are jobs out there if you need that steady paycheck, that steady gig. Um. And, uh, you can also just go to a production company and be like an in-house editor for a production company. Yep. So let me ask you this. For someone who are you ha- sure you want to after how horribly I've been speaking all night?
0: Well, you're right. Maybe I should just take it away. I'll just, I'll
1: just type it. You read it. Okay. Okay.
0: Um, what are the, what are those things called? Where you speaking says? No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a service for
1: um,
0: oh where you can type for in a deaf. Messi-
1: it's actually stuff. deaf people where you sp- say your message and it types out on the uh, on something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you saying I need that?
0: I don't know. Um,
1: (laughs) Moving on. Bad joke. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on.
0: I just had a flashback to college when someone would prank me with that. I don't know. Oh God. Yeah. Um, So your question, sir. My question.
1: Yeah. Get to it. If
0: you were right now at a full time job Uh that had nothing to do with film, right? And you were trying to transition into film, Uh you have some experience. Okay. What would you do?
1: Does it matter what my end goal is? Like, if I was a writer director, you know.
0: No, no. Just like you just want to get in, you have a full time job, so, Uh so freelancing is difficult.
1: Yeah, I would. There's a couple things I would do. If you're at a corporate job or like a job that is not in the film industry, you usually get vacation time. So what I would do is I would use the vacation time, not on going on vacation but I'd use that time to work on projects I would take a week off and work you know I would take I would take all my free time at night and on the weekends to set up a project set up uh, a short or a spec and then if I couldn't shoot it on the weekend because everyone was busy or it just wasn't feasible I would then um, take a week off from work a paid wait, week because obviously I'm working a corporate gig I need some money I would you know take a week off, and shoot that. And maybe, you know, I, there's a lot of people who, there's another option that a lot of people do is, and I don't know if I would do this, I'd consider it. They save up all their money, they work this job, and then they put all their money and all their savings, quit the job, and go for it. And just dive in and make their short or make their feature with all the money they've saved. Um, I'm trying to think who did that. I mean, um, Oren Pelly, Yeah. He did that. He was working at a video game company, right? And he just put all of his money into uh, Paranormal Activity. Um, I would, um, I mean, I did do this when we were when I was working at USC. Is I would use the weekends and nights and access to the things I had, like the office building and stuff like that, mm-hmm. to shoot things there. Sure. Um, I would just. It's kind of one of those things where, if you really want to be a filmmaker, nothing will get in your way. So, I would, like, I mean, when I was working at USC, my girlfriend, who is now my wife, would, I mean, the ongoing joke is she'd never see me because we'd be working on stuff on weekends and nights.
0: Yeah. So, after you've made something, what would you do with it?
1: Um, Nowadays, I'd probably put it on YouTube or I would probably um, transition, you know, it's a better transition to go from something that's not, a full-time job that's not, in the industry to a job that's full-time in the industry, even if you want to do like film full-time. So like, that's what I did is I went from, from USC. And then I was able to realize that if I went freelance at Larry and then also get gigs on the side, I could make enough, if not slightly less than I was making at USC, but have the freedom to do what I wanted to. Right. Um, At at some point, you got to make that leap. At some point, you have to say, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to go and do follow my dream kind of thing. Yeah. What would you, I mean, because you worked, I mean, you worked in the industry in different facets. Yes. Basically since college, but you don't, you never wanted to be a a full time, uh, you know, acquisitions guy or working in, you know.
0: I didn't really know actually at the time. I thought it sounded interesting. True. Um, and it was fun. I mean, the idea of sitting around watching movies and mm-hmm. all that.
1: I mean, it's fun. Was it fun? Eh, there, was, there were fun parts of it.
0: <laughs> when the movies were good, it was fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I took advantage of those good movies. I saw them, too. They were great.
0: Yes. Um, um Yeah. And I did have a lot of different uh, kind of a, a goofy path, I would say. If anyone... You know, there's this idea in, in business of modeling where you... Look at what like someone. Jeans? Yeah, yeah. Jellies. Yeah, you S- model sweet, it. Sweet no, shoes. No, like, like CG. You do 3D oh, modeling. Oh, okay. 3D modeling. <laughs> uh, no, where you you take like someone who has the job or mm-hmm. whatever life that you yeah. want and you say, how did they get there? And then you sort of model after them and yeah. you try to follow their path. No one should ever model my path because it was bizarro. Done. Won't do it. Yeah, no one should. <sniffs> um, but I guess my path was just wanting to know as much as I could about everything, because I had the thought when I was in school, like, oh man, if I make a movie, I don't know what to do with it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I should probably learn about distribution. So I got a job in distribution. Yep. Um, And it was great. I mean, I, I'm glad I did it. Um, I'm glad
1: you did it too, because I'm just sucking knowledge out of you for that without having to do it. It was great. <laughs>
0: Um, but I think this industry is so strange. There really isn't a set path.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: And it is really hard to see what other people did and try to copy or like try to get that go on their same path. You almost have to sort of just like power through, like put your head down and just kind of push through. And, um,
1: yeah, there isn't a set path. I would say that the one path that works for everyone is just shoot stuff, get stuff out there. Yeah, I think if you
0: make your goal to just like make make as much stuff as you can but also make make it really good. Yeah. And try to make the best stuff you can. Um they always say it cream rises to the top. Oh gosh,
1: that just sounds yep. horrible. Stop. The hot hot cream. Please stop. Rises to the top. Stop, please. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um so meow. Um so with that in mind, I mean if you're just making the best stuff you can make, and putting it out there and showing it to people and talking to people about it, yeah. Eventually, it's gonna happen. Like you won't really be able to stop it. Yeah. You know, you'll get gigs. You'll just from talking to people and and making the best stuff you can.
1: I mean, it's. I feel bad saying it. It definitely helps to live in like a Atlanta, New York, or L.A. Because you know, I was talking to um, a friend of a friend, and he was like, you know, I was telling him like, you know, I could move out of L.A but at the same time in other cities yeah you could still do your you know have a film career but it's just so much easier in like a place like LA or New York to go and grab a coffee with a filmmaker you know what i mean like with there's so many people yeah. like minded that it's so easy to run into somebody and that's what it's like it's like if you just make stuff and meet people and go out to events and go out to screenings um you know You'll eventually meet somebody that will want to see your stuff and has something that they can do. Because in the end, people just want to make stuff, and people just want things be, to be made that are good and profitable.
0: Yeah, and people just want to work with people that they like. Yeah, really. Exactly. When it comes down to it, I mean, yeah. Um,
1: We're the exception because we hate each other. But that's true. For the most part, people just want to work with people they like.
0: Yeah, exactly right. Yeah,
1: um, it's it's true. I mean. If you're doing stuff for free, you're volunteering, if you're freelancing, or even if you're working in a corporate gig that isn't com- directly connected to the film industry, just keep making stuff. Yeah. And, and you'll, you'll, you know, I mean, I started at Larry as an editor, like an editor. So did I. Oh God. Yeah. You did too. Oh man. <laughs> an assistant and then editor. raised up to now directing and producing. And mm-hmm. it's like, if you do good stuff, it will get noticed one day or another and and it you know it may take a while the more you push and the more you create the sooner it will happen but yeah. eventually it'll it'll be seen by somebody
0: yeah and on the, on another side to that i am not an editor
1: no oh know? my god no he, Uh little story um alex was there at the beginning of larry 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 retired from cnn and then got bored and realized that i think he said he it was the day that osama bin laden was killed yep and he realized that when Osama Laden, he heard the news that Osama Bin Laden killed, he jumped up to report it, but realized he didn't have a medium to report anymore. He was, you
0: know. Yeah, he was just at home.
1: He was at home and he's like, well, I want I, I I wanna wanna be tell able to tell the world about, about this. this. Yeah. Um, and that's when he realized he wanted, needed to come back. So Alex was there editing the first episode of Larry King Now. Yes. On Final Cut Pro.
0: Final Cut Pro, which I've never used before ever.
1: And I just remember Alex texting and me and calling little, me.
0: Little little anecdote here. Uh-oh. I got the phone call to come in at 12 a.m. midnight.
1: Oh, man. That's right. The,
0: the, the, night, the, the morning of. Yeah. And I was out at a bar, oh. kind of drunk. Not kind of. Pretty drunk. Yeah. Um, <sighs> to come in the next morning. And I, of course, was like, yeah, I'll do that. Went home. Not immediately. We had a picture. Um, <laughs> so. What,
1: was, I, was I with you? No.
0: Were you with you Quinn? I was with Zach. Oh. At the down and out. Oh. Pictures of Stella.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. Those things
0: are amazing. Um. So. I was using Final Cut. Which I'd never used before. I was kind of hung over. I had producers hovering over my shoulder. Yeah. Because it was the very first episode. Yeah. Um. It was not an ideal situation.
1: I remember you called me, you texted me, asking me how to do certain things. Yeah. Saying, I can't do this. I can't do... Yeah. Um, And now you're DP of Larry King Now, producing. um, Yes. uh, You also direct every once in a while. Yeah. So Um, that
0: just goes to show you right there. It doesn't matter even if you are good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because Alex was not.
0: If you know the right people and are enjoyable to work with.
1: Yeah.
0: That goes a long way.
1: Yeah. And so... I mean, again, we just jumped on a tangent because we have all these notes that we write before we start episodes, and we're, we didn't even talk about, like, series as steady work. Um, right.
0: I mean, it goes back to working with a company, I think.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, you get on a series, and I, I have a, I know some a guy who is a, uh, I want to say he's first AC. Okay. And he's kind of happy there of, well, he did, like, um, top model um, Project Runway, Oh yeah, and mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And he keeps getting hired because they like what he does. And he, you know, he makes enough money in the run of those shows and Top Chef, sure, uh, to then like not work for two months and wait till the show starts up again. Now, granted, if your show gets canceled, you know, you got a little um, forgetting Sarah Hiatus. Marshall thing. Yeah, you have a little forgetting Sarah Marshall thing. But you know, if you're smart, you can save up your money, and you have consistent work with a nice little vacation in there. Yeah. Um. And, uh, you know, that is a pretty good consistent work is working on a series. And, uh, I mean, I've known actors that are stand-ins for series and they make good money and they keep they keep going back season after season.
0: Yeah. And kind of piggybacking on freelancing, uh, sometimes series can be sort of like a recurring freelancing gig, you know? So it's not steady as in you're working every day doing it, but maybe like a couple times a month you'll get called to do it. That's not a bad scenario either no. when you're in the freelancer mode. Exactly. Uh, to have those things that you can just count on yeah. every month, which is really nice.
1: There's a lot of avenues you can go to if you want to make a career and get and get work as a filmmaker. Um, especially nowadays where like video is just such the biggest medium in the world for Facebook. I mean, IG Instagram came out with IGTV. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's where it's at. Film, video work, film work is is the new way that people are communicating, and so there are so many companies that are starting up that are getting money thrown at them, ridiculous amounts of money, that are looking for people to to work to work at.
0: Not only that, but there's companies that have been established for years and years that are like, okay, well, I guess now we need to do video, like have in-house video. Yeah. So there's job openings popping up every day,
1: and 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 now that they know that it, okay, now. Grant, granted, I'm not trying to say you know sell yourself cheap, but now that companies know that there are um, more affordable ways to make videos, like in-house videos, or you know a small video doesn't cost you know two hundred thousand dollars to do, they're more likely to to do in-house videos because they know that it doesn't cost an arm and a leg. I mean, our friend John worked at a law firm, editing yeah. videos. Mm-hmm. And who would have thought, like a law firm would need a full time editor, but they did. And John made a made a you know good money out doing that. Sure. And that's this, this kind of stuff because things are so cheap to start up a video department, as you could say, at places.
0: Yeah. John also, while he was there, got in with a school who um, put on events like concerts, oh, yeah. and they consistently needed someone to come shoot these concerts. And, and we did, that, did that, too.
1: that too. And we did it too. And we did it too. Um so yeah, I mean with with video being so cheap to produce these days, you can easily find jobs out there. Or you know what, just sell yourself and, and make a department at, at a place. Yeah. You want to be like, hey, you know what? You need video, this is what I can do for you, let's do this.
0: Yeah, that's not a bad option.
1: Yeah. Um there's a lot of avenues. You can easily make a career out of, you know, freelancing and working as a filmmaker. You know, you don't need to be directing blockbusters to make a good living, um, no, definitely not. Uh, you can make a shitload of money if you direct box, blockbusters, but mm-hmm. that's very rare and very infrequently that they people become.
0: There's other ways to make a ton of money too. Exactly,
1: exactly. So, I mean, th- anything else you want to add about working, is getting work as a filmmaker? Any other, adv- any other pieces of advice? nuggets of truths you want nuggets to give out to of... the audience?
0: I don't think so. I mean. I think we covered pretty much everything that we have to offer.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we don't have much to offer. Yeah. And we just spilled it out.
0: Yeah, I know. Uh, okay. I think I think one thing I found as a freelancer, um, and really even like pitching companies on stuff. Yeah. Everyone always talked about having a reel. You know. And kind of, I, where do you stand
1: on those these days, man? You had one. I had one. I had one. Our company I, every has once one. in a
0: while, I'll cut one together. I I hate doing it. A, yeah. Because one, well, I'm not an editor, all right? Um, <laughs> I just hate doing it. Yeah. And you have to do it constantly. It's just the worst. You have you to know? update it, and uh, and when you get like a new gig and you're really excited about it, you have to wait until you cut it into your your reel to no. So I got <laughs> in the mode of. I made a website that was more like a portfolio website Ooh, where I had So you're so millennial. Yeah. So I had like old. I had full uh episodes or full videos on or if there was a, if it was like a movie I'd put a trailer, you know. Yeah. Um and what I would do then when I was applying to gigs was instead of saying here's my reel, check it out, I would say here's clips of things that I've done that I think are right up your alley when it comes to this project. And I would, you know, hand pick the ones that were most sort of in line with the what the project was, which I think is way better. Yeah. I mean, unless I think, you're going to cut like 12 reels, like have a comedy reel, a drama reel, a horror reel.
1: I still think that reels are dated and and harken back to an older day when it was so expensive it was on to get tape. like. It was on yeah, tape. yeah, it was so expensive to send like a whole short to someone, or it was so expensive to. You know, send multiple copies around. And now it's like, well, just look at YouTube. Like, this is what I could do. And yeah. um, you can watch five minutes and get an idea and then cut over to another video that I sent you a link to. You don't have to cut it all together. Yeah. Um, it's You don't need this kind of crazy calling card that's harkens back to the old days. The old days. Back when I was a young kid, as you say.
0: Yeah. And the one, the one drawback to it, I guess, right, is if, let's say, for example, you're a cinematographer. It's like mm-hmm. a visual yeah. thing. And that's all that really matters. Yeah. But if you send people – this goes back to the idea that people aren't as creative as they think they are. If you send people a whole project where maybe the editing, editing is off or the sound is off, I might think they would have a harder time sort of separating your cinematography from the lackluster rest of the production or whatever. You yeah, know what I mean?
1: I would say even – it still holds true that even if you're not sending a reel, still send your best work, best overall work, even if you had nothing to do with that piece of work. With, with what makes it good, like you have no control over the sound, pick out your project that had good sound, right? Um, because even if they you tell them, like, I had nothing to do with the sound, like, just look at it, it it's hard for people to separate that, yeah. Um, so do like a do like a real portfolio, pick out your best pieces of full length stuff, yep, and send that out. Um, and that'll that'll really help you get that next gig, yeah. Um, and you know, pay the and, bills. Uh-oh. Another
0: Damn. little little tidbit that Whoa. I I had a, I had a uh, back back in the day. Uh-huh. I had um basically a template, okay, of a letter or like an email that I would send out to people in response to their job postings, which would save a lot of time because all I had to do was kind of tweak it and uh for you know particular gigs and uh-huh. what I found out you know, over time was, I would look at, I would constantly adjust what I was doing, and see what would work. You know, mm-hmm. and then when it would work, I would keep that part in that I would change. You know what? Or, or yeah, and so I would sort of like change my wording or like decide which clips to to show and see. Okay, these ones seem to get a way better response than these ones, and I would just kind of tweak it a little bit mm. every time to try to get the best. Submission that I could. Smart idea. Yeah.
1: Alex is a master marketer. Uh, we were just writing up some proposals tonight, uh, like the one that we were we we're going to be pitching to uh, Glulu and Glulu. Be- and Betflix. Yeah. Um. Alex has a way with words, and he can phrase things pretty well. So uh, if you really want word, him, yeah, word, smi- uh, word smite. Yeah. Word smite. Word smite. Word smite. He smites those words. Yes. That he feels are stupid. I do. Um. But yeah, I mean. Market yourself um, and come up with the best representation of what you can do. And you'll get that best re- representation by building up your portfolio, by doing free work, and then moving to freelancing, and then moving to more steady work. Yep. See how it all ties in? This is probably
0: it, even, it all ties it all together ties in a neat together. little package with a bow.
1: And it makes no sense at all.
0: I know. All and right. It's,
1: it's just, yeah. Let's, um, do,
0: let's do it. We're done. Okay, we're, we're, we're done. over. We're rambling too much. Yeah, they've all. I mean, whatever. Everyone's passed out by now.
1: It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They've fallen
0: asleep at the wheel. Yeah, from oof, this.
1: Oof. No, sorry, guys. Okay. Um. So okay, let's move on to what's cool. So what's cool? Um. Well, for those people who are not Apple fanboys, and have not made the move to DaVinci, which I'm considering. I don't know. I haven't test, tested it out yet. It seems pretty cool. Seems pretty cool. But I'm, you know, I, I get set in my it's ways. Tough. I get set I, in my I, ways.
0: I, I am constantly trying to convince myself to move to DaVinci. know, but and <sighs> I'm just so comfy. I'm just so comfortable with Premiere. Is the I problem. know
1: that's the, that is the problem. Um, that being said, Premiere, uh, Adobe announced the rele- upcoming release of Creative Cloud 2019. So all the all the big ones are going to be updated. Premiere. After Effects, Photoshop, Illustrator, all that kind of stuff. Um, and when it comes to video work, uh, it seems like a lot of focus is being spent on VR. Yes. Um, and animation. Um, yeah. After Effects has a lot of changes to animation, animate. Uh, you know, animated character titles, animator character else, yeah. animator. Like they have like. A way to get like animations to like breathing chest or wagging tail that's like automated so you don't have to oh, program oh. that in. Um the expressions are faster and you know, five percent faster and easier to to write out. Um
0: five percent?
1: Wow. What is wrong with me? <laughs> five times faster. There we go. Okay. Five a whopping
0: <laughs> I, was ex- I was like, they marketed
1: it that way? Yeah. Five percent faster. Wow. Um no, and so yeah. And then like uh uh Premiere has, an, well, After Effects has a lot more uh, easy to use 3D modeling in 2D space. So, the oh, yeah. 3D effects. Um, oh, cool. Premiere is doing a lot of 180 video, um, stuff like that. So, it looks like it's going to be a pretty big update. And if I, you know, speaking from experience, that means a lot of things are going to break when they update it. And yeah. I won't be able to hit like. You know, A, to get the all select all to the right. Yeah, um, it'll or, just bring up a picture yeah. of an apple. <laughs> like, ah, oh, man,
0: what a weird hotkey that they put in.
1: Mac got to them. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, things will break. There'll be a lot of bugs. But the uh, the updated features seem promising. Um, and, again, making it hard for me to move away from Adobe to give DaVinci. You know what? Next project we do, next little thing we do, we'll do it in, in DaVinci. I'm promising yeah, we'll myself give it a try. that. We'll give it a go. We'll
0: give it a go. Give it a go. All right. Next thing. You? So, we heard about the Atomos Atomos. Oh man, we always get this one wrong. Oh, uh, the Atomos Ninja 5. Ninja 5. Also known as the Ninja V. v- um, which looks really cool if you guys are familiar with the Atomos line of uh monitors and recorders. They have um they record onto the SSDs. They're mm-hmm. just really nice 7-inch monitors. Big fan.
1: Um, I'm, we're big fans of Atomus' products. Yeah. So um, we've they used have the them Ninja and yeah.
0: the, the Shogun, Yep, those types of things. And uh, now they have the Ninja 5, which is a 5-inch monitor, yep. perfect for your DSLRs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, they're battery-powered, and they have an SSD as well that you can record onto, just in a smaller package. And they utilize uh, some features that I really like, the Atom HDR, mm, which... Um, looks pretty. It's great for our camera, and it takes, like, a flat image and makes it all nice and pretty. So you know what you're doing.
1: And it's a 4K monitor. Yeah. Which is... I mean, that, that's where everyone's going. It can record 4K, display 4K. Um, and so that's that's It's solid. pretty cool in a, in a small little package. Now, yeah. as much as
0: I love the Shogun and everything, 7-inch monitor on, like, a DSLR is a bit <sighs> much, you know? Yeah. So... I'm happy about the five inch for that type of project. Mm-hmm. Really, if you're not working on like a cinema camera, seven inches is a little, yeah. A little cray.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's be. Or honest. or if you're not seven on a inches tripod, is always a little cray. If, Come on. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> if you're if you're hand holding anything, yeah, seven inches. The, is a little the cray. smaller
1: the better if you're hand holding <laughs> something. God, <laughs> I just can't escape it. Um, and it's only seven hundred dollars, which is a good price for a small little amazing price. Monitor. Can't wait! I mean, it's coming Shipping out October soon. 8th. October eighth is when it's supposed to be available.
0: Nice. So, so in like uh in like a month.
1: In like 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 a little less than a month. Love it. Yeah, and a big fan of Atomus. Um, we've used them a lot in the past. Um, so uh, check that out if you're looking for a new monitor, especially if you're using handheld or you know maybe gimbal work stuff like that stuff that you want to reduce the weight because you don't need bigger than five inch really, really guys. You don't need bigger than five inches. Yeah, trust me. Um, <laughs> also. Uh, got a lot of trailers that came out that, uh, you know, we, we love a good trailer. We love, you know, it's we, true. we, we don't just like making movies. We like watching movies and we like love watching, watching, I movies. mean, TV is basically movies these days cause it is. they're just killing it in TV. Um, and so I saw the, uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs and now this is yes. a, uh, Netflix movie six part, right? six part, um, by the Coen brothers. It looks it's awesome. a western. It's a Western with uh, the Franco. With the Franco, and I'm, uh, I'm forgetting his name right now. I love him. He plays Buster Scruggs. Um, he was in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Um, why am I forgetting? He's also director. Uh-huh. Um, Tim Blake Nelson. Tim Blake Nelson stars as Buster Scruggs. Big fan of his. It looks awesome. It's on Netflix. I can't wait for it. I mean, I'm going to be there day one to watch that.
0: Yeah, Um, check out that trailer if you haven't seen it Check out
1: that trailer, yep, 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 yep What else? Uh, else?
0: Then there's a movie called Mandy Which our friend Graham says is one of the best movies ever
1: So if you guys, um, the director, his name is Panos Panos Cosmatos? There you go, sure, we'll go with that Panos Cosmatos, he did Beyond the Black Rainbow Which was a trippy movie that me and Alex saw
0: Trippy movie with quite possibly one of the best trailers I've seen Yeah It was really good yeah, uh, really visual, yeah. eye candy type stuff. Crazy sci fi, horry, weird. Um, so Mandy's his newest movie with who?
1: Our boy Nick Cage. Nick Cage Ugh, Nick in Cage. the house. Coming, coming with what they're saying is one of his best performances in years.
0: In years, perhaps ever. Woo, that's big. Which is that's, hard to say. It's hard to say. Have know. you seen
1: Con Air? Woo, I have. Have you seen uh, Wicker Man?
0: I have. Bees. Have you seen Bees. Uh, The Rock?
1: Like we shot something for The Rock. What do you mean?
0: No, no, The Rock. Uh, uh,
1: the
0: welcome, rock. welcome, welcome to, welcome the, to the Rock.
1: <laughs> yes, I have. Who hasn't? Amazing movie. Amazing. Um, so yeah, he's.
0: And and this one's kind of an occult-y, hillbilly um, kidnapping.
1: Kidnapping. He has like a he has like an axe sword. Uh, I mean, what is he it? makes,
0: uh, yeah, he makes like a some type of bladed weapon in his garage. I think it's crazy. There's like dirt biking witches that come up cults. and steal some someone, and I don't know. It, it, it looks insane.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what they call it. I mean,
0: Mandy is what it's called. <laughs> check it out, check out that trailer. No, I'm trying too. to figure
1: out what they call the axe blade. It's like something. It's, I don't even know. Um, I almost said Blacks. Easy there. We're going to move on. Um, also, uh, there is, you know, they're kind of doing these reboots. I'm not, I don't know if I'm sold on this. Uh, it's kind of in the vein of River, Riverdale and the CW, and I'm not a big fan of anything on right. Riverdale. But the trailer for now, Sabrina.
0: Yes, the trailer for Sabrina and the Teenage Witch. Reboots, just came out.
1: And it's darker. A lot darker.
0: It's with um the young daughter from Mad Men, she plays Sabrina. She's all grown up. Shows how long it's been since Mad Men was on, which is crazy.
1: Yeah, where well, you weren't even alive then when I Mad know, Men was on. Right? Yeah. No. Yeah, it's, it's no so young.
0: Just a thought in my. <laughs> um I uh <laughs> I have seen Riverdale. I watched the first episode or two maybe. And I mean it was interesting. The cinematography is good, it's like visually, stylistically, it's kind of cool. Okay. Um, story wise, it definitely is. It falls into m- more like the the teen realm, like the Twilighty type stuff. Okay. Yeah. When I when I saw, it, I didn't know that it was. Uh, what is it, Archie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had no idea. I just oh, saw. Really? Okay. I just saw the the trailer on uh netflix because they you know how netflix pushes stuff Mm -hmm. you know automatically play play the trailer which can be very annoying um so i was like oh let me watch this and then it was very you know teeny boppery so i stopped but visually very cool and sabrina looks also kind of cool but visually at least yeah visually yeah
1: now i i was sitting here with a smirk on my face because you were talking about how, oh my gosh i feel so old i don't know if you know this but do you know who the actor who plays Jughead is?
0: No, I don't.
1: <laughs> Ready to feel old? Uh huh. I think it's Jughead. It's not Archie, so I, I assume it's Jughead. The actor who plays Jughead is one of the twin brothers who played the little kid in Big Daddy. Oh, I did know
0: that. <laughs> I just didn't know he played Jughead. That's how much of it I watched. Okay, but yeah, um, there you yeah, go. yeah, totally. And um, oh, yeah. I recognized him. Okay. But I didn't know who it was. I just was like, I know that actor from somewhere. What is they he on, like in? The
1: Sweet Life of Cody and Zach or something like that, too, or something like that. Yeah, I don't totally. Know. The and they were also brothers. in Friends. That's right. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah, so that made me feel old. Um, Super old. And then um, you've actually seen this, so give this one this the shout-out you wanted to give. Oh, yeah.
0: So there's a new series on the History Channel called In Search Of with Zachary Quinto.
1: Known as Spock and the Reboot of Star Trek.
0: And he was also in Heroes, right? Yes, he was. I never watched that, but me either.
1: Uh, so it's kind of a it's a history
0: channely type show. It's like a, a reenactment docu type series where he um, is in search of oh mysterious things.
1: Oh, hence the name. Now I got it.
0: Oh, the episode that I saw uh-huh. has a friend of mine from high school. Hey, current friend of mine. Um,
1: <laughs> no longer friends. No longer friends.
0: <laughs> in it because it was about mind control, ah. and my friend is a mentalist in New York.
1: And I will say he's an acquaintance of mine. Yes. What up, Maddie? Congrats on the the the, the episode.
0: It's pretty cool. He he fools Spock with his magical mind reading.
1: Yeah. It's crazy. And uh while we're at it, let's give a shout out to Matty Cooper. Uh because he was also on live with Regis. No, Regis, Jesus. Yeah. Uh with uh how old are we again? Yeah, I know. Okay. Jeez. Live with Kelly and Ryan. You're live with Kelly and Ryan. He was doing that too. So mentalism there. Yeah. Check out Matty Cooper.
0: Uh I believe. Shout out for him. Yeah. He probably goes by Matt Cooper. I call him Maddie.
1: Yeah, I guess he probably would go by Matt Cooper. Well, what about Matthew Cooper?
0: That's Pro- his name, yes. <laughs> so he probably would respond.
1: <laughs> but but would call you an idiot for saying that. Yeah. His professional name is Matt Cooper.
0: Yeah, so I think his website is whoiscooper.com, I think.
1: I think it is whoiscooper.com, whoiscooper.com. So check are in
0: if you're in the New York area. He does shows all the time. Yeah, and, uh, he's, he's amazing. And he's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, he's, he's great. Um, check him out. It is whoiscooper.com. Um, look at that picture of him on there. Just so suave and debonair. Ah, good old Matt Cooper Amazon says he's absolutely mind-bending And Google said he was the highlight of the party Yeah And L'Oreal said there's no one else like him I believe it Good job, good job, Matty um, all right, that's going to do it for this episode. Sorry it was so long-winded. We just get so amped trying to help you guys make a career out of this. Yeah, uh, Thanks for joining us. You can get the show notes for this episode by visiting NoBudgetFilmmaking.com slash episode 22.
0: Speaking of that, I apologize in the past uh, couple episodes. Been a little bit late putting up these show notes, so if you've gotten to it and it hasn't worked, bear with us on that. We're behind.
1: Yeah, and I think they probably understand since we were late putting an episode up even yeah so, Yeah. it's just, happening yeah uh, if you guys are really clamoring for those show notes let us know and we'll get them up faster but yeah. mom I know you don't read the show notes so yeah sorry mom stop sending me texts hey you don't text my mom's <laughs>
0: alright and don't forget hop on over to iTunes and subscribe to our podcast and
1: while you're there give us a 5 star rating yeah. if you feel so inclined and we might shout you out on the show yeah because for some reason we're 4.5 now and that's bullshit yeah thanks mom thanks a <laughs> thanks a lot for the 1 star rating mom you really screwed our our average up also if you have any filmmaking questions ask away in the comment section and we will try to answer them to the best of our knowledge
0: and like our Facebook page follow us on Instagram at Cinema Summit and subscribe to our YouTube channel
1: yay alright guys we'll see you next time peace later